Welcome to Holistic Ambition, where we talk with visionary leaders who are redefining what it means to be ambitious. We cover ways you can live with more well-being, meaning, and fun in your career, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie Toma, life coach for ambitious professionals and author of Confident Introvert. Today we have Jada Selner, the best-selling author, business coach, international keynote speaker, TEDx presenter, poet, and host of Lead with Love podcast. She's the author of She Builds, the anti-hustle guide to grow your business and nourish your life. She's also the co-author of the best-selling book, Simple Green Smoothies, where over 1 million people have embraced this simple and healthy habit. As the founder of Jada Selner Media and She Built Collective, Jada helps women build their businesses and their lives in a way that works for them with love. She's been featured in Forbes, O, oh, The Oprah Magazine, and The Wall Street Journal. Learn more at jadaselner.com or follow her on social media at Jada Selner. When Jada's not speaking on stage, you can catch her dancing to Beyonce in her living room or sipping on a chai tea latte by, by a cozy fireplace. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, daughter, and dog, Beasley. On that topic, I'd love for us to dive in about having a support network. And, you know, in the book, I read about your group of supportive female friends. So how did that come about? How did you collect these gems of humans? Yeah, so it's interesting. I remember reading um, the book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich, and he talked about masterminds and the power of at least two people to coming together creates this third miracle mind. So the very first um, mastermind partner that I had was a roommate of mine. She used to be a roommate before I got married. And um, we both had read the same book and we were kind of in this reinvention stage. And so we decided that we would meet once a week, once our kids were asleep, you know, it was like after eight o'clock and we would talk for an hour and just sharing resources, tools, you know, software apps that we had found that were really helping us. And then we would say, hey, this is the thing that I'm working on and here's where I'm feeling really stuck. And so we were kind of co-coaching each other in that process this is my friend Tamika Lewis. Um, and we were both kind of just trying to find our, our next evolution. And from that, I really continued as I grew Simple Green Smoothies and even my personal brand today is being able to build intentional relationships where there's actual consistency and having a container to hold. So a lot of times we can have more of these informal, like, oh, when I see you, we'll support each other here and there. But there's something very powerful about creating some structure around it. And I literally just reach out to people and tell them, hey, would you like to start this thing? I have a mastermind where we would meet once a month in person in the Bay Area where we have lunch together and then everyone gets a dedicated 30 minute hot seat, um, or I like to call it a heart seat. Um, I have friends that we would go on annual trips together. So we usually, our kind of home base is Tulum, where we get together. Um, sometimes we've gone to Miami and Ojai. And then I've also had a group where we call ourselves the squad, because there's four of us, where we would meet every quarter in a different destination or location, because we all lived in different areas around, um, around the world. 
That's amazing. Oh my gosh. And you know, I love your focus on intentionality and instead of a hot seat, a heart seat. And one of the key things that I noticed when reading your book, I could feel your heart. I was like, Mm. whoa, this is a very heart centered individual. And, you know, especially for those of us, let's say that are business owners that sometimes get a little stuck in our heads. Can you speak to just your connection with your heart and how you have gone about cultivating that and having it really emanate through your pages? Yeah. I mean, obviously inside uh, She Builds, the framework of the book is the build with love method. So that's lead, optimize, visualize, and expand. And even you can see I have a heart necklace that I'm wearing. It's truly just one of my highest values is love, is to lead with love in business and life and all of the relationships for myself, showing compassion for myself, showing compassion for my family, my friends, my clients. And I look at business as a vehicle to express my love in the world. I look at business as my art. It's a creative expression for me. It's not just transactional and about making money, although I love making money. I love being able to serve people, but really it's it's deeper than it just being a transactional thing. And so for me, everything, the core of what I do has to really stem from that place of doing what I love, working with people that I love and creating things that make me feel like I am expressing more love in the world. That is so powerful. And when it comes to, I wonder, can someone be heart-centered and in hustle culture and, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that is hustle culture, like how is that working or not working for women? Yeah. So the first question that you ask is, can someone be heart-centered? Could they be someone who leads with love and in, in what they're up to in the world and still kind of fall into the hustle culture trap? And the answer is yes. I've I've been in that space and place before. Um, I have many examples of, of hustling, but also leading with love at the same time. And also i think people who tend to identify as heart-centered i think we all have we're all we've all got hearts we've all it's all in the center of our bodies but those who kind of identify with that expression um tend to also be over givers over taking on over responsibility caretaking people pleasing making sure everyone else's needs are served before their own which is a part of hustle culture which is to ignore our own needs desires um, to be able to sustain ourselves in the process so being heart-centered and being in hustle culture is not sustainable because when we burn out then we want to shut everything down we want to walk away from what we've built we start to build resentment with our businesses and this happens even in long-term partnerships i've been with my husband for um we've been married for 18 years together for 20 and we've had seasons where there's been disconnect and resentment and walls built up right that does not mean that we don't love each other or we're not doing you know being in this loving partnership so yes heart-centered people can definitely be hustling and almost part it's almost part of because they wear their heart on their sleeves and they want to give so much and they care so much that that hustle culture so it's not wrong that we're in it it's a system that was designed for us or it wasn't designed for us, but has been setting us up for failure, where we feel like we're a failure, we feel like we're not doing enough, 
we don't have enough time, we don't have enough money, uh, we don't know enough, right? That is hustle culture making us think. So then we're constantly on this chase for more, more, more. And we have a goal or a vision and then we reach it and hustle culture is what makes us think that's not enough, keep going, keep pushing. And so it's that go, go, go mentality where we're not attuning to ourselves and what we need and what is enough for us from the inside out is really how we kind of shift what hustle culture is. And I talk about this in the book of moving away from the cycle of fear, which is forcing exhaustion, avoidance and rigidity and moving into love. L-O-V-E, lead, optimize, visualize, and expand. That is so powerful because that's a reframe for anyone listening that says, oh no, like I, I'm very heart-centered. I, I'm living from my heart and you know, I'm not into hustle culture. It's like people-pleasing as a component of hustle culture where it's like, wait a second, that actually does take a lot of exertion and energy and effort. So I really appreciate you bringing up that point, that it's not just all the super linear thinkers in the world. It's also the people that are really intentional about being in their heart space that can fall into that trap. And, you know, when it comes to women specifically, not being a good match for hustle culture, can you talk with us about that? Yeah. So I think if you've been socialized as female at birth and you have these external messages, everything is male dominated and it's works for some men not even all men does it work for because i've had men read my book and like oh my gosh this is a breath of fresh air but for us as women who identify as female who are expressing ourselves in that way there is a different energy that we move through that we flow through and so there's a resistance of of the way that we do productive productivity actually looks and feels differently than how a male body might do it, right? Like men have this 24 hour cycle. I see it in my husband. It's like he checks off his balance of to-dos of life, business, body, friendships. It's like, it's a checklist every 24 hours. And for women who are trying to like keep up with the 5 a.m. club, check up all of these to do's, it's actually very exhausting because we tend to flow in a more cyclical on a monthly basis versus a 24 hour basis. And so when we're kind of in an especially and not every woman is menstruating, but for those who are, then we have those cycles and seasons where we're kind of in a dip. And we don't really want to hang out with anyone. We'd rather stay in our pajamas for a couple of days, right? And But we're shaming ourselves and guilting ourselves of like, oh, why don't I have enough energy to perform at this capacity? And it's like truly our bodies are telling us and to, to listen, to slow down, to pause. We're not, we can't just be in go, go, go 24-7, but hustle culture makes us think that that is the right thing to do. And if we're not operating, being productive and checking everything off of our to-do list on a daily basis, then we're doing it wrong. I love how you brought up this, I this, you know, nature of women 
and us being cyclical, you know, us having different cycles and how our energy is impacted and how it's not like every day there's exactly the the same amount of energy and you get to use that and say, oh, great, it's going to come back tomorrow. It's like, actually, no, there can be spurts of creativity. And I think that's so useful for just people to be aware of it or reminded of. And when it comes to, let's say someone's on that hamster wheel of hustle culture and they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay, I that sounds good, but how do I get out of it? This is how my life is structured. It's pretty cemented. So what are three anti-hustle strategies that people can use to really take more ownership of their time and energy to avoid burnout? Yeah. So one piece, definitely naming and identifying that you're in the hustle culture. So are are you in that cycle of fear of forcing exhaustion, avoidance, rigidity, and forcing is really about like pushing, right? We're trying to make fetch happen. We're just like, go, 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 not going to stop, keep pushing. And then that leads us to feel really tired. So then we're exhausted and we don't want to do anything. It's like, we don't want to do the work today. I'm so tired. And when we're in that exhaustion, then we go into avoidance where then our to-do list starts to pile up. We're hiding under our covers, watching all the Netflix shows and just kind of binging. And when we're in that, then we go into rigidity, which is I had this plan, I said this date, I have this goal, I meant this number right, and we become stuck and fixated on like, I said I was gonna do this, so this is what we must do. And we're not willing to pivot and change directions. And so one, identifying that you are on the cycle of fear is so helpful. Like, and then where are you right now, right? For me, I tend to like fall, I know I'm deep in the trap when I'm in avoidance energy. And so that piece, it's like, oh, I need to lean on my support squad. I need to lean on my my masterminds, my mentorship, my mindset coaches, all of those different things to kind of get me out of that funk. Um, another thing that I like to say is to give yourself permission to be a slow cooker, not a pressure cooker. So I have had a pressure cooker. I have one and my husband loves it. He loves using it. I am so overwhelmed by that appliance. There are so many buttons, then there's the burn notice, and you get this beautiful nourishing meal on the other side, but what has to happen in order to get that? You have to release the steam, just this high pressure of like steam exploding. And so that is how hustle culture operates. And it's not to say that that's a bad thing, it's just a way. And then there's the slow cooker where it has like three options, right? It's like simmer for, you know, um, four hours, eight hours, and then you can put all of your ingredients in, walk away and go about your life. And then you can come back and it's taking a longer amount of time, but it's so much more simpler. And so that's just kind of a reframe that you can start to look into is, am I being a pressure cooker right now? Or would I rather be a slow cooker? And a slow cooker also means that things will take longer. That's the part, like if we're we're giving ourselves, like we want to be anti-hustle, which I do believe that um, anti-hustle is the antidote to burnout. If we wanna embrace that way of living and being in our business and our lives, then we have to know that things are gonna take us longer. 
than those who are cooking with a pressure cooker. And so I always say, don't put a timeline on your dreams, put a timeline on your actions. So knowing that something might take, someone might take someone, you know, 90 days to do, it might take you a year or even three years. So expand that timeline to start to settle your nervous system. And then um, I would say the last thing is giving yourself, like allowing yourself to have a business detox and to like, what are all the things that are draining your energy? What are the things that are energizing and fueling you and start to taking an assessment of taking out some of those pieces, right? Where we have to kind of like let go of all the pieces, even if it's a day long sabbatical, a week long sabbatical. Some I have clients who have done month long, several months at a time sabbaticals to really stop all the pushing and the hustling if they have the resources to be able to do that so that we can only add back in what it is that we really want to do with more intention and purpose. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hearing I mean, I love this metaphor, allow yourself to be a slow cooker, you know, instead of just going for the overnight successes, which are never really overnight successes anyway, just allowing that time and space to lessen resistance to the thing. Or, you know, I I can think of, you know, so, so many times like earlier career and, you know, other clients of mine that maybe are trying the same thing over and over again, or let me try this, let me try that. And just bouncing around doing so many things. And this kind of ties in with this lack versus abundance, not just mindset, but actually reality. So I know that that's a part of your journey as well of kind of doing all the things and and being on a sort the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship. So I'm curious from your perspective, you know, within yourself, what did you notice took you from being not just lacking in mindset, but just actually kind of lacking in, in, in a business sense to being in abundance? Yeah. I think for me, when I'm operating in that space of scarcity is I'm scared, right? So I'm not trusting the process. I'm not trusting myself that I can figure this out and that I have to push and do more in order to make more and be more and all of these things. And so I remember when I was writing the book for Simple Green Smoothies and, um, you know, it was such a challenging time because there was, you know, something that's going to be final and produced and put out into the world feels like like I've got to put my all in this, you know, like there's no editing. We can't like take this book back later, but the pressure that I put on myself and the lack of sleep. I remember when I was turning in the last manuscript pages, the last, like it was like the final edits. And I had been up for over 24 hours. I was on my living room floor, looking at all the edits and the printouts and my computer. And I remember my husband and my daughter walking out the door to go to school and I had not gone to sleep yet. And I was burnt out, exhausted, tired, pushing myself and realizing that even if I was making good money, this wasn't feeling good the way that I was working to make it. And so it wasn't sustainable for me. So you, so even if you have abundant money, you can have a lack of resources and energy and capacity to like actually enjoy the process. I wasn't enjoying the process. I couldn't wait 
until it was over and I said, I will never write a book again. If I do, I'm going to have someone ghost write it. So that's kind of me operating in that space of kind of scarcity of like push, push, push more, 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 make more, do more, but not feel good in the process to what she builds. It was such a different process for me. And I almost hired a ghostwriter, like interviewed some folks. And there was one editor who was like, you're a really good writer. Like you need to just write this book and like, I'll help you with like cutting because I cutting like the words and edits because I have a lot of runway. I have a lot to say and how to like get it to a condensed space. And the process with this book, I embodied what anti-hustle is. I asked for more time with my editor. Like, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to stay up late. I thought I could get these chapters in by this date. I need a little bit more time. Let's update the timeline. And then there was a moment where I was going to extend the timeline probably like for the third time. And my life coach, Rebecca McLaughlin, who's the resident mindset coach in my program, She Builds Collective, really helped me work through some of the resistance. She's like, I don't think you need to ask for more time. I think we're now we're sitting with resistance and procrastination because you're scared to do the thing. And so she invited me. She's like, what if you did a writing retreat, like solo writing retreat, go book a hotel, step away from your day to day responsibilities. And for the next three weeks, every few days, just work on part one, part two. I think I had part one done. So it was like part two, part three, part four, all of these pieces. And so for the next three weeks, that's what I did. I basically had an amazing love affair escapade with my book and it was so nourishing. It was so fun. So I was kind of in this like push, like to push through the resistance, but it was so nourishing because I noticed for myself that I am an immersive creator. Like I like to go all the way in, like just put my blinders on and move away. And how I was originally writing my book with She Builds was kind of operating in that like masculine energy of like, I must sit down every single day at 6 a.m., write X amount of words. And it was very like that daily checklist to-do list. And it, I wasn't making meaningful progress. But when I stepped away from my day-to-day -day environment, was in these beautiful hotels and ordering room service and drinking green juice and hot tubs and massages, it was, I was enjoying the process. And I will say like, this book was not built on hustle. It was built with love for sure. And so I, that's kind of where I started to feel that abundant energy of building and creating my way, not someone else's way. Yeah. And what you're speaking to here has to do with still having the goal, but completely switching up your approach. So for someone listening who wants to complete a project, but do so in a sustainable way, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would have them tune in. Like, is the way that I'm doing it right now, is this working for me? It might be working for someone else. It might be working for your best friend. It might be working for your competitor, but is it working for you? And so asking yourself, am I enjoying the process? And if you're not enjoying the process, what's the point? Because the process is what is taking up most of our hours, our days, our weeks, our years, is the process is like we're in progress. The finish line, like having the physical book in my hands is a moment, right? The completion is such 
such a small piece of our lived lives. And so if you're wanting to do something different and sustainable, ask yourself, is the way that I'm working, working? And if it's not, what's another way that I might try, right? Because everything is an experimentation to see what is sustainable for you and also sustainability and capacity of like how much you can take on depends on the season that you're in in your life, the season that you're in in your business. Like I know we have seasonality in our businesses. For me, I work with mostly um, women entrepreneurs who are also moms and have caregiving responsibilities. So come summertime, like there's a whole dip, like all me, myself and my clients, we're all traveling, going on our family vacations. And so that to me, I know is a time when I can kind of slow down and I could be in more creation energy in my business versus service energy because everyone's kind of off the grid or I can just be in play energy with my family, right? So that's a great season season for me to notice. And then also we have seasonalities in our lives, right? Of like when our kids might be on a holiday break and being able to plan around that. So that's something that I'm very intentional about is the quarterly planning process and being able to honor the seasons of our businesses and our lives. So we're not overstuffing a three month period when we know like Q4 is such a busy season because it's back to school, but then it's also, you know, we've got all of these holidays just like back to back. It's my favorite time of the year, but this is a time of year when people are like, they've got a lot on their plates. And so I can't overcommit in all the projects that I'm trying to accomplish in this season because I'm balancing and integrating my personal life as well as my professional life. I'm really hearing that there's this element of setting boundaries with and for yourself. And I'm also wondering about your take on, let's say that there's this idea that you need to, let's say, start out your career or start out your business in total hustle mode to earn relaxation eventually, maybe, or maybe having that experience of burnout before success even happens and then trying again and then being like, okay, maybe this time it is successful. And then you get to relax. Can you, can you speak to the, the idea of needing to pay your dues through hustling? Can someone start a business or start their career and actually attain success without having a period of hustle? Yes. And this was a question that I sat with when I was building and hustling and having a health and wellness business and being a walking paradox. I'm like, is this possible? Or do you, is this like what it takes for that startup energy? So the, the thing that you have to think, think of is a timing again. So there was actually an invitation where I kind of had to push. I had to hustle because my family's livelihood was on the line. Right. So there's things that will push us and activate us into that. But it's being able to acknowledge that this isn't sustainable. It's not a hustle is not bad. It just can't be a long term solution. So if you're operating like that always and that's the way that you only think you can produce successful results, you're going to burn out. So if you want the rest, it's going to take you more time. And that's the part that people have a lot of tension and resistance with is because they want the result yesterday. Mm -hmm. I know when I first started my online business after I closed my brick and mortar business in Kauai that I wanted to make six figures in six months. I just thought it was so possible. And it took 18 months. Like, you know what I mean? I had a kid. 
at home. My I only could work during nap times and bedtimes. And even with that, I was working with my business partner and my friend, Jen Hansard, and we were both stay-at-home moms. We were both working from home with kids. So then we equaled like one full-time person because we were both part-timing together. So even that's like an extra lift that we have to pay attention to, that you're comparing yourself to someone who might have a business partner. So that creates more hours in their business. Or I see a lot of successful, financially successful entrepreneurs who they might be the face of their company and making it look like all ease and flow. And then their husbands or their partners are full-time like the tech person and doing the strategic Facebook ads and math behind this, all the things they don't want to do, right? So we have to be very conscious of who we're comparing ourselves to, who we're listening to as leaders to be really honest and transparent about what it all took to get to where you are and, and pay attention to that. So if you know you have less of those resources and support, it's gonna take you that much longer to get there and to find other ways to sustain yourself financially. For me, I had two part-time jobs while I was building uh, Simple Green Smoothies. I was a yoga receptionist, front desk receptionist, um, also watching the kids in the childcare area. And then I was also a VA for my husband's aunt where I was making $15 an hour in both things, but I slowly released each part-time job as I was starting to build momentum in my business. And then when we did our first launch, it was like, I don't know, $8,000 in seven days. I was like, okay, I can quit all my part-time jobs and like really invest in this business. So it's a very kind of a sacred dance of balancing of when you can start to let go of some of those external responsibilities and pour more time in, especially if you are a caregiver. Yeah, that's such an important consideration that sometimes someone can appear as though they're a solopreneur when really there are key people in their lives behind the scenes that are helping expedite their success. So yeah, to just kind of have grace with yourself. And, you know, I'd also like to, um, to have you speak to resilience and let's say that someone listening in, they haven't yet had that big success, but they're like, okay, I'm trying, or they did have a big success. And then they kind of hit a rough bottom after that. And, you know, since you have experienced resilience in yourself and and in a business capacity, what helped you get through and to persevere? Yeah, I would definitely say vision, connecting to what it is that I really want, how I want my life and my business to look and feel. And I remember in 2011, my husband and I did a vision board with so much resistance. We had just closed down our brick and mortar business. We were living with my husband's parents. We like car breaking down all the things. We just didn't have a lot of money. And I still encouraged us like we have to dream and get intentional about what it is that we want. And I remember writing, you know, $30,000 a month, 15K for my business partner, 15K for me. And that's the thing, like that money happened, not just with planting the seed and the vision, but actually taking action on that, that that happened in 18 months. And then I have written my future vision where I'm looking three years into the future, where do I want to be? 
And I re-upgrade that vision every couple of years and kind of revisit and I see how much that I've accomplished just by setting the intention and going back to it when I'm lost of like, wait, what is it that I want? Why am I feeling stuck? What's the bigger picture versus kind of just, you know, where you can't see the forest from the trees is stepping away and looking at what you really want and letting that be your compass. To me, that is where the resilience comes because I know what I want. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know how it's going to happen. Like, I don't even know what business is going to work. Those are the things I had like strike one, strike two, strike three with the brick and mortar business, the parenting blog. And then it was the health and wellness business, simple green smoothies that actually took off. But I had been trying other things for so many years before that. So it's simple green smoothies looks like an overnight success, but you don't see the traction of experience and resilience of trying different things on to see what was the right fit and the right match. And even that company wasn't quite right for me. Like I knew that I love in-person communities. So building an online community of 400,000 followers on Instagram and 355,000 email subscribers didn't light my soul up because I wanted to be intimate in person with people, which is what I'm doing today. Like I have a I'm in my own creative studio where I host in-person workshops, business planning retreats where people can gather and I am living my vision. And it's like, it's just, to me, that's where the resilience comes from because I know the big picture of where I want to be a few years down the line. I just don't know the how or the when, but I know the what I want and I know why I want it. And that's what sustains me to keep trying and not give up. It's just like, all right, it might not be this business, but maybe it's something else because I'm trying to move towards this thing that I want to create. How beautiful to hold the vision. And now you literally have a physical representation that people can physically be in with you <laughs> of that vision. So, you know, we could definitely talk so much more about so many more things, but I, I would love to begin to, to wind things down for our listeners and, and ask you how you define ambition. Yeah. So for me, ambition is really having like a big goal, a big dream, a big desire, and then doing what it takes to go after it. Mm. And then what does holistic ambition mean to you? To me, holistic ambition, I, for me, I kind of like to say cozy ambition. Mm. So it's actually kind of the polarity of wanting something really big, expansive, but also honoring your needs, embracing your pace and the process and not looking at things as a siloed way of like just looking at business, but actually integrated of like, I have a life here. I have family, I have friends. So how do we integrate our lives and our careers in a way that work and support each other versus one canceling out the other where you have an amazing successful business but you are feeling empty, drained, depleted in your own body and in your life and in your relationships. So you want to integrate where both can coexist and kind of collaborate together. I love that cozy ambition. It has a very visceral feel for it, like, like a warm sweater or something. <laughs> uh, so how can people stay connected with you, learn more about you, get your book? Yeah. If you go to jottaselner.com, I love it. Um, you will see all, all the things you can learn about She Builds Collective. I'm also on all the socials, mostly Instagram at 
Jada Selner, Jada like Prada. And um, I would love to gift a, like, I know I've been talking about vision and how that's moved me through kind of the resilience of not to give up and keep trying. So I have a whole masterclass that can kind of guide you through the future vision prompts that I do. You'll also get a link to my own future vision that I wrote and also listen to the audio that I recorded for it. So if you go to shebuilds.com, slash vision, you can put in the code ambition and that will get you um, the, you'll be able to get it for free. So shebuilds.com slash vision, put in the coupon code ambition and that will give you the free gift. Thank you for tuning in to Holistic Ambition. This is Stephanie Toma saying goodbye for now and inviting you to take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.